What do the words sanctity of life mean? Who are they for? Well, stay with me. We're going to answer those questions and so much more in today's show. Hey friend, welcome to the Shattered in a Beautiful podcast. I'm Jeannie Smith. If your heart is hurting, no matter what your circumstances are, there is only one healer. Through biblical content, I will teach you how to experience whole healing and soar into great purpose. So let's get into today's show. Grab your favorite coffee, journal, and Bible. It's time to dig in and unwrap your gift. Hey friends, welcome back to the show. So today I want to talk about the sanctity of life and what that is. And I don't know, maybe someone's listening and they're not really sure how sanctity of life ever came to be. So I just want to touch on some basic education first and then we're just going to dive into my heart when it comes to what this truly means. So in 1984, our wonderful President Ronald Reagan issued a proclamation designating January the 22nd when the Supreme Court first legalized abortion on demand nationwide as the first National Sanctity of Human Life Day. This year, today, we celebrate the Lord's overturn of Roe versus Wade and all the babies that's been saved from abortion. So every third Sunday in January, typically is the third Sunday, is when we honor this courageous thing that President Ronald Reagan did He made a huge statement when he did this, but we are also honoring uh, those babies that's been lost to abortion, but it's so much more, okay? Hang with me. So what do we recognize in the sanctity of life? Well, it's on this day we recognize the lives lost to abortion, and we recommit ourselves, or we're asked to consider to recommit ourselves to protecting human life at every stage. What does that mean? That means the moment you take your first breath, to the moment that you take your last breath. Every stage of your life is created in the image of God and all human life is sacred, has great worth, value, immeasurable value, and is set apart for worship and serving your creator. So as wonderful as all that is, for me, it goes much deeper than that, much broader. And I wonder does it do that for you as well? So recently I posted a blog. I titled it, Take My Hand, Not My Life. And if you're looking for some passionate blogging, you can follow me and subscribe on my website. But the most recent post you'll see there, if you should do that, is Take My Hand, Not My Life. And I was recalling a time when my family and some friends were getting ready, preparing for a Uh, March for Life at our state capitol, and my little boy was, you know, really excited. He was making some posters, and he got this idea that he wanted to trace his hand and color it red, and he wanted to put on his poster, Take My Hand, Not My Life, and I just thought, man, this is so profound. This is so awesome. It's so deep, and he's tracing his hand, and he begins to stare at it, and he looks up at me, and this is not the first time he asked me this, but he said, Mommy, Why would anyone want to take the life of their baby? And, you know, as a child, he's just trying to comprehend it because he has the purest mind. You know, children are innocent and they just, they're full of love and they have childlike faith. Christ tells us to have childlike faith, 
to enter into the kingdom of heaven. So it's like, man, we need to be more like children when it comes to the sanctity of life and what this is really all about. Why would anyone want to do this? And so take my hand, not my life was the message that he was echoing as he walked around that March that year. And, you know, it's so much more than that, isn't it? I mean, what would the world look like if we took the hand of the unborn? If we took the hand of the mother that is struggling, trying to decide if she's going to keep this baby or not, and she's full of fear and she's full of confusion and the world is screaming at her. Maybe family members and friends are screaming at her saying, you can't do this. And she feels defeated before she even walks into a clinic to find out that she is in fact pregnant. And so what if we took her hand? What if she walked in and we took her hand? What would that look like? What would it look like if we took the hand of the hurting and the suffering, the poor and the needy? So now we're not even talking about someone that might be facing an unplanned pregnancy. We're not talking about necessarily the unborn. We're talking about general people that are around us every day that have great purpose in their life, that are wounded and broken. I mean, because y'all know we live in a broken world, right? Everybody is broken and hurting. And I see it more today than I ever have before. People are dying every day. People are taking their life every day because they feel defeated. They see no hope. They see no reason to live. And they're trying to attempt to end the misery and the pain and the suffering themselves. Because why? Has anyone reached out their hand? Has anyone took their hand when they're considering taking their own life? So yes, we're talking about the hurting. We're talking about the broken. We're talking about the suffering. What about the poor? What about the poor? What about the needy? Just yesterday, I was talking to a woman who said she was sitting in um, the WIC office and she was just going through a really uh, tough time in her family and they had lost a job and she was pregnant. And this is a middle-aged woman. And she said she's sitting there and she's listening to a young mom talk to her um, I don't know, middle schooler, she guessed by the conversation that she was speaking to a child that was maybe in middle school and the little, uh, the child had called the mother and was freezing at home because there was no heat in the house. And she tells her, open up the oven. She's instructing her how to open up the oven and turn the oven on so she can get heat. Oh, so have we thought about, has anybody reached out to that family? Do we know if there's hurting and suffering going on? And you know, sometimes there can be greater things going on. I mean, the bondage, uh, demonic forces are well alive and active today, attacking so many people. So, you know, is there addiction involved? Does she need help? Does she need recovery? Is this why there's no heat in the home? And this is just one example of so many, right? But there are so many needs around us. So as we take their hands, no matter what the issue is, we are offering life and hope and a second chance at life. And who is the second chance? We know who the author of life is, and that is Jesus Christ. He died on that cross for salvation, but also that we would be healed and live a life abundantly, an abundant life that is full of hope, full of purpose, full of happiness, full of joy, and that we would have that second chance through him to enter into a kingdom that will never die, eternal life. So when we do these things, we are fulfilling a commandment of Jesus. And it's real easy to get caught up in our day-to-day -day thing, you know, our day-to-day -day on drama or sufferings or um, circumstances, whatever we may be going through, and have what I call inward eyeballs where we're focused on ourselves, 
our family, our own problems. But what about those around us? What about all of those around us everywhere we go? Trace your steps throughout a day. Who did you come in contact with? Who needed your help? Who needed a smile? What happens when you just smile at someone? You know, Jesus says, truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. And that's Matthew 25, 40. So what will we be remembered for? Will it be taking a life or taking a hand? You know, when we think about the unborn, they are so vulnerable. When we do pregnancy counseling, we come into a room with them. For those of you that remember, I founded and serve as a CEO of a pregnancy crisis center. And many times they come in, they're not sure if they're going to keep their baby. Sometimes they come in, they are going to keep their baby and they're just needing some help and assist assistance. But either way, mom and baby are vulnerable, you know, and I think of the great purpose that this woman has, this mother has. And I think of the great purpose that her child has. And they just need a little help. They need a hand extended to them. They need the chance to see their life through a different perspective and to see the purpose in it. So what do you think this precious child, my son, was pondering on when he traced his little hand on that poster? He stared at it for the longest time. Why would anyone want to take the life of their baby, mommy? Hmm. He would ask, could it be that there was no one to take the hand of the mother and show her active love and support? But then again, we return to the children of God, all the children of God that are oppressed and hopeless, and our hearts should break because the Father's heart breaks over this. The world has beat them up. Satan has attempted to destroy them by wrecking their identity. They are filled with shame and emotional pain because of the trauma that they may have walked through. Is anyone taking their hand? Is anyone recognizing the sanctity of life? We will be held accountable for what we did and did not do for the least of these, according to that scripture, for the lost, for the suffering. So the sanctity of life means that all life, all stages of life, no matter the circumstances, has immeasurable value and worth, and we need to speak that into the heart and mind of all of those around us. And I pray that our eyes are open to this. You know, that our hands would be outstretched for all of those that are in need. And we would be watchful, mindful of what's going on around us. People that are hurting. You know, we need to live selfless lives and see the needs around us and build the kingdom and offer hope and life to the least of these. Many times I'm called to go speak for the sanctity of life. You know, I'm not just speaking about the unborn. You know, we have made this such a political thing. Man has, not God. It is not a political thing. It is a moral, spiritual thing. That's what this is. This is a matter of life and death. This is a battle between the culture of life and the culture of death. And the only agent against that is Jesus Christ. The only agent against that is the gospel because it is life. So we cannot enter into talking about the sanctity of life or serving in this way or speaking or extending a hand without that being the agent. Like Christ has to be the center. Jesus has to be the center of all of that. And so when we speak, when I go in and I speak and I'm addressing this crowd, I'm not just going in to talk about the issue of life um, with, the, with the unborn. It's so much greater than that. 
How many people do you think are sitting out there in that crowd that are hurting from other things? How many women do you think are sitting out there in that crowd that has had an abortion? I was one of them, right? And I used to hear these messages about the sanctity of life and about the baby and the unborn. And that is so important that we speak in defense of them. Don't get me wrong, but don't forget the mother. She needs to hear when you're speaking about a message of the sanctity of life, that it's about her too. It's about her pain and her suffering from where she made that choice. And as she's living in pain and shame and regret, she needs to heal here that Jesus is concerned about her sanctity of life too. It's a message of hope for her as well, that her life also has great value for the hurting and oppressed sitting out there. It's for them too. This message is for them as well. So we need to broaden our perspective we need to be mindful of how the little things can bring so much impact. You know, that just makes me think right now of the moment that um, years ago when I was so depressed from my abortion and the pain that I was walking in and it was devastating my life, I walked into a church. And at this particular time in my life, I really was feeling hopeless about the pain of my abortion. And a bulletin was placed in my hand and through the service, I remember looking through that bulletin and I saw something written there, typed up, it said that there was a local pregnancy crisis center that was looking for volunteers. Well, I didn't even know what a pregnancy crisis center was, but there was something about that that was drawing me. And so I ended up reaching out to that pregnancy crisis center and discovering who they were. I went in for an interview and ultimately that led to my healing. And what I want to say to you is this, um, in regards to the small things and how big they can bring impact, you know, all that pastor of that church did was approve for a two to three little line um, announcement to be placed in that bulletin, which ultimately led to my healing, which ultimately led to me saying yes to God to start a pregnancy crisis center in another part of our state, which has led to a countless hundreds, countless of lives saved, both mother and child, mothers healed, fathers healed families healed and restored, and it was all because of a two to three little line message announcement that was placed into a bulletin, and because that pastor just said yes. So what I want to say to you is if you're a pastor or maybe you want to share this with your pastor, how important the small things can be when it comes to the sanctity of life, because that healed and restored me, that brought me purpose and sanctity of life back, and then I was able to ripple affect that and ever flow that into the kingdom on heaven and earth so many things have been restored and it was because of something so simple and small to him he probably never thought twice about it well you do know that I called him up and told him my story and how what he did had impacted my life and it led to everything that has happened in today and he was blown away so don't ever underestimate the small things that can be done when it comes to being a vessel a message of hope for the sanctity of life at all stages. Remember, at all stages, from the baby in the womb all the way to the very last breath that someone may take, okay? Because, you know, even in our ministry, we have served and helped women heal from the age of 14 all the way to age 76. And that's because we saw the value on the whole sanctity of life message and we reached out, we took a hand, and we brought life back into existence. Man, the culture has done such a number on women and children, and it's really devalued 
the role of man too and fatherhood and what that means. Because of the lack of fatherhood, we are in such a terrible place in our culture. And when it comes to women and children, they've been so devalued. Women have been lied to. And now women look at motherhood uh, as a burden instead of a blessing and a gift, which is truly what motherhood is. I mean, God chose women. How miraculous and how special we are. He chose us to carry a miracle of life, his miracle of life that he allows to come into our womb and we carry this child that's purposed by God. And then we get to nurture and raise that child. I mean, this is the most incredible privilege on the planet. And somehow our culture has lied so terribly and for so long to women that they can't even come into the realization of that. And and it's devalued their purpose and their worth. We need to rewrite the narrative of motherhood. We need to rewrite the narrative of, of a woman because somewhere along the way, for many, many years, it's been destroyed. Identity in a woman has been destroyed. And so, and it's not just for women. I, I, I get you. I hear you. It's, it's the men too. I, I see you. I understand. But going back to the woman, we, we were chosen to populate the earth that we would bear fruit and multiply. And the enemy is snuffing that out. And let me tell you, he is after them in the womb. Oh, is he boy? And if he cannot get them there, he is coming after your children, our children. So we got to wake up and we got to begin to speak out and pay attention to the little things and the big things when it comes to life. You know, there are many ideas and beliefs about how one was created, but if what you believe were not true, would you want to know truth? And friends, I want to encourage you that the truth lies in Psalms 139. There is no more beautiful picture of intimacy between our creator and us than in this psalm. And even the author, King David, struggled with attaining God's perfect knowledge of man when he wrote this psalm. But at the same time, I believe he was comforted greatly and I know that you will be as well as you read it. So I just want to encourage you to take some time and soak in Psalms 139 if you have never read it before. And as we prepare to close today, I want to read it over you. Oh Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thoughts afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. You have hedged me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high and I cannot attain it. Where can I go from your spirit or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall fall on me, even the night shall be light about me. Indeed, the darkness shall not hide from you, but the night shines as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to you. For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. 
My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed and in your book they were all written. The days fashioned for me when as yet there were none of them. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they would be more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. The great truth about this psalm is that God has his eyes on us before we were ever born. God has custom designed every one of us and equipped us for specific purpose and great kingdom achievement. And if we can believe this, then even the greatest tragedies can be transformed to good within the providence of God. So I want to close just saying sanctity of life is not about just one day on the calendar in January. It's about an everyday approach to life and those around us. It's about extending a hand and being a hand to someone hurting and suffering. Remember, take my hand, not my life. And so the next few, maybe several weeks, I want to spend some time just breaking down Psalms 139 and touching on some of the most key important parts of that passage that I believe will benefit you the most. And make sure that you have a good understanding of who your creator is and who you are in him. So I look forward to doing that with you. And then we're going to begin to really press into the issue of motherhood and who we are. I want to talk about Deborah. Do you know who Deborah is in the Bible? I really want to take a look at Deborah and who Deborah was and who we as women need to be today. So get ready, get excited because a lot of great things coming your way in 2023. And the other great thing coming your way in 2023 is my latest book called The Gift, Embrace the Wonder of Healing. So right now you can you can pre-buy your copy of that book on my website, JeannieScottSmith.com, and you will have it in hand in the month of March. So super excited about that. Friends, I love you. Listen, God loves you. Let me pray. Father God, I pray for every single listener right now. God, that you would just encourage their heart, that they would feel your presence even right now in this moment, that they would be filled with your love. They would know how much you love them as their creator and that you have such great purpose for their life and how much their life is needed in this world. You've got a plan for them to impact this world. That's so huge for our little minds to comprehend, but it is so very, very true. When you knit them together in their mother's womb, you had a purpose and a plan for them. I pray they awaken to it. I pray they begin to walk it out. I pray that they see their value and their worth in you. And Lord, let them be enveloped by your love. May they be overtaken by your love. God, let them walk in their identity. Help them walk in their identity. They would grasp a hold it and never be the same. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, friends, thank you for tuning in. I look forward to seeing you next week. I love you bunches and live life abundantly. If you like Mommy's show, leave a review. Hey, before you go, if this podcast has blessed you, the number one way you can help me is to leave a review and subscribe to the Shattered in the Beautiful show. Next, hop on over to the Shattered in the Beautiful private Facebook group where you will find a network of friends with daily inspiration. You can reach me at JeannieScottSmith.com 
And lastly, please share the episode or review in your social and tag me at Smith Evangelistic Ministries. I cannot wait to meet with you again. Stay tuned for more life-giving podcasts coming your way.